When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me to look back on events over the past seven days at Home Park is our Argyle writer Jack Ball. Hi Jack. Hello, it was very strange to have not been on the road or uh, yeah, in the park or anything quite, over the weekend. Well, I would say a quiet week, but... Um, Quite weak in terms of there being no game, but there's still plenty going on at Argyle, wasn't there, last week? Yeah, a fair bit, especially with the, uh, with the kits, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Yeah, we've got the kits to talk about, uh, League One playoffs. Um, we'll start off, though, with the retain list. Obviously, that came out, um, oh, losing track of what day it was now, but towards the back end of last week. Wednesday, I think it was. Wednesday, yeah, middle of next week then. Um, any week. surprises there? <laughs> yeah, any surprises there for you? Um... Uh, Aaron Taylor Sinclair, I would say, is the biggest surprise, um... He's been unlucky, I think, last season to not play more games than he did. Gary Soy was the only player to play every game for the Pilgrims last season. Um, and he only really got a chance sort of a few months in when it wasn't really working. Gary Middle on the right, Oscar Frelko was injured, so Gary Soy moved across to the right and Aaron Taylor-Seclair came in on the left. And he looked composed on the ball. He looked like he wasn't afraid to make a challenge. He even tackled Jamie Ness in the final, one of the final games of the season that, that ruled him out. Um, but I think he's been unlucky to make such such few appearances or at least uh, long spells in games. You know, he's, he's come on for substitute appearances for Gary Sawyer a few times or 20 minutes here and there. Um, so he was quite a surprise. You, you weren't alone with that. I mean, you know, when he first arrived from Doncaster, there was a lot of sort of derision really from some people because obviously he'd just been voted as Doncaster's worst ever player yeah. and, and what have you but not really any signs of that at Argyle he was a pretty consistent performer wasn't he? The, the thing is yeah he was I mean when he came on he did quite well because you know sometimes it can take players quite a while can't it to sort of bed in and get you especially in defence where people say the relationship between the defence and the goalkeeper is key yeah. and if a new player comes in it can disrupt it there wasn't any really big signs of disruption when he came into the team um, but Derek Adams is going to have a plan. He might have a left-back eyed up that might be first choice next year and Gary Sawyer might be second choice. Um, Gary Sawyer did fantastically well last season. I thought I was a bit concerned with his ever-aging years that he might struggle with some of the pacey, defense, the pacey attackers of opposition teams, but he never really seemed to struggle too much. I was really impressed with Gary Sawyer, but there could come a time where he might struggle a bit next season. Who knows? Yeah. He might not. He might prove me wrong again. It's just the um, evolution, isn't it? The evolution of a team. You know, It does come to that stage where the older players... And Argyle are looking to move on as well. And but if Argyle were looking to get a new first-choice left-back, for example, then Gary Sawyer will be the backup, which means there is no room for Aaron Taylor Sinclair. So that yeah. could be one of the reasons for it. And also, another thing we don't know is people's wages. You know, whether a player's wage isn't worth how little they'll be used next season. So that's why they're gone. Yeah. And maybe if they were on less, they might stay. So, yeah, Taylor Sinclair... Well, was we're even talking about Gary Sawyer there as if he's going to stay. But obviously, he's been offered a contract for next season. Yeah. There's no guarantee. If he's been told, look, I've got a new left-back coming in, you're going to be my backup. There's no guarantee that he's even going to stay with Argyle. No, I'd hope he would. But no, you're, you're quite right. There's no guarantees. I'm sure most places will want strengthening next season if, if they're to make a push. Uh, but I wouldn't be concerned if Gary Soy was a starting left back. You know, I'm just speculating that you know, yeah. they could look to bring someone else in. But Gary Soy's earned his right to start next season. That's anything dramatic, 
drastic happens in pre-season. Um, the other players that were released, Gary Miller, I don't think anyone would be surprised by that. He barely featured in the final few months of the campaign. Paul Payton came in to do a little job. I think he tweeted out that his long-term future was always going to be in um, Scotland. So I think that was just a quick fix when there were a few injuries in midfield. Luke McCormick we knew about. Um, Nathan Blissett we knew about. Simon Church retired, obviously. Yeah, that was a bit you, of a shock, You picked up that story, didn't you? Yeah, I was a bit surprised. We were just sort of focusing on the um, retain list at the time. And then we saw the tweet from uh, Simon Church, which said that he was going to call time on his career, which obviously a shame because I think he's only 28, 29 years of age. But, um, you know, a decent striker, certainly in the lower leagues, played for Wales as well. I think he got about 25 caps for I think Wales as well. The good thing is with his pedigree of having played for Wales, you would hope there would be some sort of place for him in the game in another capacity yeah. as a coach. There would be enough teams that might be interested in getting his services or... Or, or something like that so I'm, I'm sure he still has a career in football it is a shame Argov saw very little of him mm. he could almost rival um, Ben and Nardiello for lack of appearances yeah. for Argov's striker over recent years yeah he's certainly um, wishing him all the best in whatever he chooses to do next it's never nice to see a player have, have to not, retire at an early age not so. at all and then there was obviously some of the youngsters released we already knew about Callum Rose after his loan spell this season Derek Holmes said I think November, December time that he was going to yeah. offer Rose a new deal Aaron Taylor I think a lot of people thought that was a mistake when they saw his name and no yeah, one, no one got twice. a lot of fans hadn't heard of him before but he was a youngster that's been released and Toloik again no real shock He's he played two games for Argyle and not really worked out I think you said it was seven goals conceded wasn't it seven goals games five against Bristol City two against Chelsea, Chelsea under 21s yeah. um, so not really worked out for him um so out of the ones that were released yeah Taylor Sinclair really the only surprise for me yeah obviously Luke McCormick we you know, we heard about that one, as you say, before the uh, retain list came out. Is that a surprise for you? No. No, because I don't think he'll be first choice. With his injuries as well, I don't think he'll be first choice next year. I don't know this for a fact, but I would imagine his wages are too much to be a second choice if he's not going to play. Um, and that money could be better spent elsewhere. You've got Carl Leverin, who's been off a new deal, who's basically been a career number two. You've got Michael Cooper, who Derek Hans has already confirmed, will be number three. So it doesn't really surprise me, because... if. Luke McCormick's either going to want to be a starter or not at all, I think. So it doesn't surprise me. I thought maybe he might actually retire or play locally, mm. maybe true or talky. But from what I've read and what I've seen, he seems very keen to carry on his career. So he may well get a football league club. Yeah, it'll um, be interesting to see who takes him on now. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, obviously, with some of the with, with his past, you know, he's always he's always been well liked here. It'll be interesting. And he spoke about that, you know, in his in his interview saying. You know, it was always quite nervy for him to play in front of away supporters and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I hope he, whatever he does, he, he does well. Because he's been a you know, great seventh for Argyle over the years. And uh, I think Chris tweeted a picture out of him when he was very young. I think Chris has covered his whole career, basically. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we wish him well. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he turns up. I think he's a very good goalkeeper. And I think if you're a League 2 team, or even a League 1 team, I think there are far worse choices out there than Luke McCormick. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. As you say, you know, he's very settled in the area as well. I think he's, he, he's got family up in North Devon as well. So, um, you know, moving away at this stage of his career is a, a pretty big thing to do, especially yeah. when you've got young kids as well. Yeah, I, I, I think, I sort of thought, like I said, when I, when I first heard the news, he, he would retire. look to almost semi-retire and play for Torquay or Truro. But now, from his words, I'm thinking that might be too low a level for him and he might mm. want to give it a crack. He sort of said in an interview that he's never really done the whole moving to a new club. Obviously, he was with Oxford for a little bit and Truro for a very small, short spell. Yeah, but he's never different been, circumstances. Then, he's never really been the new man. So um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. And I, I do think there will be a lot of, league, especially League 2 clubs, interested in him. And he's a, he's a great keeper. You know, if he can keep fit, he's very reliable and he'll be a great asset for any team. The interesting thing now from Argyle's point of view would be who this number one is. I mean, you know, we've been keeping 
a, a very close eye on the retain lists coming out so far. And there's not been that many goalkeepers that have been released. I did notice one the other day, Jonathan Bond from... Um, he was on loan at... I think he's released from Reading, but he was on loan at Peterborough last season. So that's, that's one potential goalkeeper. But it, it'll be interesting to see what Derek Adams does there. It wouldn't surprise me if it was someone from Scotland, to be honest. Yeah. You know... He, you know, no one would have thought Robert Soloik would have come in before. You know, whether someone out from his time in yeah. Holland, who 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 knows? But um, I think that he's definitely used to signing goalkeepers after the season we've had. He's used seven different goalkeepers this season. Yeah. Um, Kelly Roos is another one. I think he's been he's been released. released isn't he? It'll so. be interesting to see. What, I mean, I don't really know what his thoughts on Roos is. You know, he came in because Matthews was injured. Yeah. I don't know whether if he wasn't in that scenario, he would have gone for him. He did all right during his time here. Um, but. In, again, in his interview with Chris on Tuesday, he sort of reiterated what the point I made on last week's podcast is the fact that I think Remy Matthews, if he is going to be allowed out on loan, will be too late for Argyle to come in for him because mm. this is, and this is one of the troubles I think with with the transfer window shutting earlier is it's not long after pre season, so a lot of clubs won't release players until really what a week the opening before weekend the deadline is, yeah. or a few days before the deadline, and players teams in League Two can't go throughout the whole of pre season without four or five lone players so yeah. that's one of the problems with it so I'd like to see Matthews back but I don't think that's going to happen because of the time frame no um, as you say Derek Adams has offered contracts to a number of players Alex Battle Jordan Bentley Sonny Bradney Alex Fletcher David Fox Carl Leatheran Dan Rooney Gary Sawyer Jan Songo and Oscar Throco a lot of fans surprised about Songo being offered a new contract yeah I was one of them to be, if I'm being totally honest he's had he's, he's done a pretty good sh- shift in Fraga over the years but I'm sort of was feeling he's starting to get to the point where he's not really wanted as much as others you know he's if I got a fully fit team last season I don't think he would have been playing um, I would have I would have assumed again I don't know I would have assumed his wages would have been quite good as well and mm. I just, for me I just think he'll be a backup player next year well, that's just it. You know, you don't know what terms have been offered. That you know, we say that they've been offered contracts, but obviously we don't know what those terms are. And if he has been told, here's something for you, but don't go expecting to be a first team player. You know, there's no guarantee he's going to sign that contract again. He could decide that you know he wants to go and play elsewhere and play more regular first team football. I don't mean disrespecting Jan Songo. I mean, I think I genuinely think his performance against Wigan was one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen in live football. He was absolutely fantastic that day, but. I don't think many fans would be too infused if he was a starter come the first game of next mm. season. And that's not me being disrespectful, it's just the reality of the situation. I don't think if you're well, aiming to recreate the form of this season or at least try and push for that top half or top 10 or top even top six, that he's going to be a name on your, on your first choice. Well, exactly. The more Argyle rose up the table, the less we seem to see of uh, Jan Songa, who only really came in when... Others were yeah. injured or suspended. Yeah. And he, he sort of struggled towards the end of the season a bit, didn't he? So. Yeah, so I, I can't imagine he would be um, the first team player next season. No. Um, David Fox, Sonny Bradley and Oscar Throwco were obviously the three sort of big names there that have been offered new contracts. And probably a question mark over all three, you'd imagine. Yeah, it, David Fox, uh, well on the grapevine, for, again, for some people, is that he might want to move back near his family. He's been away from them for quite a while. He's been a great player for Argyle over the last few years, but I think midfielders are replaceable. Yeah. You know, he's, 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 great. he's been great for Argyle, don't get me wrong. He's sort of been the player that can really play, other, you know, the attackers into good positions through fantastic balls. He's a very t- intelligent footballer, you can tell. He's come from, you know, some, some and played in the Premier League and played for some good teams like that. But he wouldn't be the biggest loss, I don't think. I think there are midfielders you can get out there. Out of those three, for me, Oscar Frelko is the most vital 
because again I think you can find good centre backs and mm. don't get me wrong Sonny Bradley's fantastic and I really hope that he's signs a new deal with us next year but Oscar Frelka for me out of the three is the one that I'd most hope to sign on he's probably the one with most value as well isn't he I mean I think he's 23 at the moment there is talk that we heard today that he could be um, heading to Belgium not sure how much truth is in that or not but if he was to go there then obviously Argo won't get any money for him at all but Preston or another club that are linked if he goes there then a bit of compensation for Argyle it wouldn't surprise me if he did leave I mean he's a fantastic player and I think there are he's versatile as well he can play midfield yeah you know when you compare him to Jan, oh, sorry not Jan Songa when you compare him to um, Sonny Bradley and David Fox who you mentioned as the three key players Bradley and Fox have pretty much got their one position they yeah. play in whereas Frelko's very versatile like you said he's young the, the amount he's grown under Derek Holmes has been fantastic you know it it really is a good argument for why players shouldn't be playing under 23 and under 21 football for Premier League and yeah, Championship teams. Absolutely. He's come to what was League 2 at Argyle and he's, he's developed into a key player that could go into a Championship team next year and be a first-teamer. There's no denying that. But so. It's such a big surprise, really, that Bolton got rid of him in the first place, you know, because he had a good season at Argyle when he was on loan. Bolton had just been relegated to League 1. You would have thought he would have been at least a squad player at Bolton, especially with their financial issues at the time. It's, it's weird though, you know, Argyle released quite a few players when they were down on their luck and, and Argyle at the time, you know, people thinking, oh, that's not a big loss and then Argyle fell on hard times and some of these players, like Ryan Leonard, for example, mm. suddenly were players that would have got into their team. So you never know what goes on behind closed doors, no, but I think true. they might they might be kicking themselves a little bit, but they just about survived and they're going to be in the Championship next year. Um and they did get promoted from League One, didn't they, when they yeah. released him? So um, they, I was sure they wouldn't have been too unhappy with their team that year. No, true. Um, Sonny Bradley, then, do you, as you say, probably other players out there, but he's such a big favourite at home park, isn't oh, he? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, when I said there's a lot of good defenders out there, that doesn't mean I don't want him to stay. You know, it's just with strikers, for example, I think strikers are the hardest position to find. Yeah. So I'd worry more if Ryan Taylor was to leave. Everyone for wants good strikers. But I think there are so many good defenders out there, but you're quite right. Bradley has been fantastic since he's come to Argyle. Again, he might want to move back further, closer to home. Um, but when when he was interviewed this season, he said a few times there's something special happening. I strongly believe that the players have so much faith in Derek Adams. You know, he's turned, and again, no disrespect, but some average players on paper into some players that are battling for you know, a place in the Championship. You know, that's almost like what Shrewsbury have done. You know, they didn't sign any big names and you compare them to like to Charlton, Peterborough, you know, Blackburn, Wigan, who have got some very st- star names. I don't have that, mm. but Adam seems to get the best out of so many players and it's, it's a bit of a risk, you know, for, for the likes of Bradley and Frail, could they move on and they fall out of favour? They may be back at a bottom club, League Two, League One team next season, maybe League Two in a few years' time. It's such a hard thing to weigh up. But I think you mentioned before in this podcast that quite rightly, Sonny Bradley and Frail Curled, and even Fox to a degree will be knocking on the door saying, look, this is what I've done, I want more money. And why mm. wouldn't they? So, Especially when they know that Graham Carey's been given a, a pretty decent contract to stay at the club. So it'd be interesting, to, it'd be interesting to know what ways they had been offered, but they would have had to up it significantly, I would think, to try and stave off other clubs. Do you think the Sonny Bradley situation could be the, the sort of Graham Carey transfer of, of last year, where it sort of rumbled on throughout the summer, and then it, first day of pre-season, first day of pre-season they announced that Sonny Bradley's going to sign? I don't think Derek Adams would want it to last that long. I don't think. I think he, from what we know about him, he's very meticulous. He's very planned. He likes to know where things are. I don't think he's said publicly whether there's a deadline for these players. But you would suspect if Sonny Bradley didn't meet the deadline, they would still extend it a bit further because it's a type of player you want to retain. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. But you know, if I'm if I'm a club like who's who's come down Barnsley, for example, 
They're yeah. the worst place to look at them, like the Sonny Bradley and Oscar Frelkeld. So I could see a lot of clubs with possibly bigger budgets and more, I don't want to say ambition, because I think Argyle do have ambition, but more um, direct ambition, you know, more that's more in a, a sort of smaller time frame might come in for them, and I don't think they'd look out of place. And the thing with Bradley as well is, is that he's a leader, isn't he? You know, there's not many leaders about these days, but he, he's kind of shown during his time at Argyle that he can really... That- He's that's such an influence on games. That's me. He's a captain without being a captain. Yeah. You, don't, you don't always need an armband to be vocal and to be a big team player. You can see um, he's very much part of the team. And, you know, look how much I got missed him when he was in hospital for a week and missed three or yeah. four games. You know, he was vital last season. The partnership we had with Edwards um, was fantastic. And, he, and then he had to develop it with Viner. He's actually doing it with Songo. Um, he's been so important to Argyle. But the one thing that Argyle do have in their favour is when he joined, he was sort of almost down on his luck a bit, wasn't he? He was leaving Crawley, was it? Yeah. Um, he's it's funny because leave- I remember we did a podcast around that time and we all, we all sort of thought that Bradley would probably be third choice centre-back because they'd signed Carly Osborne and someone else Bovitas, had come was in. Well. It? Who? Bovitas, was it? Bovitas had come in, yeah. And obviously he, he was a Latvian international, you know. So we sort of assumed that Bradley would probably be third choice, but... And that might but, have been the case, but Osborne yeah, got injured, Os- didn't he? Yeah, Osborne got injured. So, 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 he, so he came to Argo as a League 2 footballer and he was a few yeah. games away from being a Championship footballer. So it's not going to be an easy decision for any of these players to turn no. down Argo, I'm sure, if they do. And not just because... I'm not just saying that because I'm an Argo fan. I think it's, it's such a risk. And I, I think what Sonny Bradley has been through, not many players would go through two years of success like that in their career. Yeah. So I think it'll be a very hard decision for these players. I think it's always interesting as well for, for these players when they look at or weigh up their options is to look at what's happened to other players that have been in a similar boat before. You know, look at like Ruben Reed for example, and now he's ended up playing at Forest Green Rovers. And there's J- not J- many J- players. Jervis. Yeah, I not... think he. It wouldn't surprise me if he left Luton in this summer. Yeah, there's not many players that have left Home Park that have actually gone on and and done that well, really. No, not at all. I think again, that's something that Derek Hamilton can say to players. Look, it's your choice if you go, but look at. X, look at Y, look at Z, look at where they are now and look mm. how good things were here. The grass isn't always greener. Yeah, you may get a bit more money, but you know, it depends what you want out of your career. Do you want to try like and win a championship? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Fleetwood, I still think Fleetwood would be a, a good team next year. Yeah. I, I think they're in a false position this year. But do Under you want, Jerry Barton? I, I'm, I was, I, I'm thinking that's a good appointment. Do I really do, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've not said it on record until now, <laughs> but I do think it's a good. I, I spoke to people in the office at the time and He's a student of the game, isn't he? He talks very intelligently about football. And don't get me wrong, he's, we all know about the skeletons in his closet. Well, they're not so much in his closet, are they? All bursting out. But he, he talks very intelligently about the game. So I think he'll do well at Fleetwood. And I think he'll certainly get some eyes uh, cast on them. But yeah, you know, what do you want as a footballer? Do you want to try and push on? Do you want money? It's different for each person, isn't it? Do you want to be closer to family? Yeah. Can you get a bit of all of that? I, I don't know. It's, it's tough, but you're quite right. Not many players have gone on to do much better. No, there was some good news, of course, with um, Ryan Taylor and Anthony Sarsovich both signing new deals. We spoke to Danny Salmon on the podcast last week, and he emphasised the importance of getting those key players tied down. We only have to look at what happened last year to see the importance of, of Ryan Taylor, mm. don't we? Yeah, I think, again, the best the best thing about that for me was the fact there were two-year deals. Yeah. For so long, Argyle have been very secretive about the deals. They've not released the lengths of contracts or they've been one-year deals, and you look at the likes of... I think so many times Argo have lost players because they've run out of contract, or not... Like Curtis Nelson, I know they've got a small fee for him, but you sort of think, it's just a shame that his contract ran down, they couldn't 
using more of a bargaining chip there. Um, so it's good that they're on two-year deals. Taylor, yeah, was absolutely pivotal to Argos' success this year. I mean, they struggled in the first half of the season when he broke his ankle against Peterborough. He came into the team, they rose from 24th up to 6th, 5th. At one point, he got injured again, they dropped down to 7th. So the stats are there. He's, he's a great player, but I would expect him at least another two strikers to come in. At yeah. least another two. Argos do not want to be in the same situation as they were last year. There were too many eggs put in the Taylor basket. And Taylor came to Argyle with an injury record. You know, yeah. it shouldn't really be a surprise that Ness, Taylor... Well, I remember when we did a podcast early on in the season, it was before the transfer window was shut, and we were talking about where Argyle might bring in one or two players. And I remember saying at the time, I really think Argyle would try and bring in someone else similar to Ryan Taylor, because you can't get a full season you, out you of it. You wouldn't shut about Ricky Lambert, would you? No, that's right. <laughs> well, it was the Ricky Lambert. That type of player. Yeah, it was that type of player. And yeah. In hindsight, maybe that wouldn't have been such a bad thing to have had Lambert for a season, because... In the end, he ended up not getting a club at all and retiring from the game. So. Well, that's thing I put a list together of I think eleven strikers that Argyle could sign. John Akinde's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, he's on the transfer list. Whether Argyle will bid, I doubt it. To be honest, in all honesty, but the likes of um, Lyle Taylor is available on a free yeah. transfer. Again, that is someone Argyle should be looking at, in my view. Um, if you have to splash out a bit more on cash, it's got to that point now where, if you want to be a success, you have to start competing a bit more. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to compete with Voyages of Sunderland who've been given 33 million going into this league. Yeah. You're not going to compete with them. But to me, there's no reason why Argos shouldn't be competing against against some of these teams who yeah. get smaller gates. And like, James Brent has said he's he's going to have a bigger, or Derek Adams is going to have a bigger budget. This year, Lyle Taylor, he'd be top of my list in all honesty. Uh, the ones that I looked at, you know, he's, he, and don't go wrong, there's going to be a lot of clubs battling for him. But he's looked good when I've seen him play and he's got a good goal record in a struggling team, which is again, always kind of a good striker. So there are players out there and strikers are the hardest position to find mm. especially that will fit into the, the, the system that Derek Adams will undoubtedly want to play next season and Reece Lee's another interesting one I think he will be free he's not going to be part of Cardiff teams next season in the Premier yeah. League is he I saw him play at Torquay towards the end of the season he didn't didn't do much though to be he honest he scored a fair few goals though I mean, yeah, they're, they're in a struggling team yeah. I mean, look at Alex Fletcher when he went there he couldn't do anything no, sure. so Healy's still and don't get me wrong that's what two leagues below our goal so that might be too far but Jack Adams has taken punts on people before. Look yeah. at David Ajaha, look at um, Nathan Blissett. If he's available on a free and Jack Adams has faith in himself that he can help him become a better player, there's worse options out there, I think. And also, someone like, like Healy would probably have to accept he's not going to be first choice. And I think Taylor is pretty much, with the two-year contract, nailed on to be Argyle's first choice striker next year. We know that Derek Adams likes to play with one up front. So it's going to be... That's, that's, the other, that's a good point you made. That's, an, that's the other battle that Argyle will have. Is, you know, just say Derek Adams goes up to Lyle Taylor and offers him a contract. And Lyle Taylor, undoubtedly, one of the first questions he'll say is, well, am I going to be first choice? Yeah. I don't want to come from playing 40, 50, 40 50 games a season to playing you know, 30 substitute mm. appearances. He's not going to... Play, that's the struggle with the system. But then it also puts pressure on Taylor because if, if Lyle Taylor comes in and does a decent job and Ryan Taylor gets injured again, then all of a sudden... As long as you don't He's play up front again with two tailors, that'll be a nightmare for yeah. the live blogs, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, pre-season schedule as well came out last week. No home games, which was um, hmm. a bit of a surprise, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I've got to be honest, I quite like I quite like the home games against a good Premier League club. You know, I remember when West Brom down, came down here and they had a, they had like temporary seats that stretched on for about, I think, two and a half the size of the dugout. There were so many substitutions. Yeah. Um, but I think the be... problem is these days, though, with the Premier League, you know, they, they have all these international tournaments yeah. they've got to go and play at. So there's just no scope to go and play local teams. I mean, there could be a 
maybe there could be a game against Cardiff. You know, you'd imagine Neil Warnock could bring a team down to. He normally does, doesn't he? Yeah, that wouldn't have surprised me, but it's not the Bill and I think. No. There's been a few concerns that Argo aren't playing any tough teams. They're playing a lot of local non league teams in there. I think the team highest up is Yeovil, who just about survived relegation to the National League last year. Um, but of course, Argo are going to go away to Holland, play two games outside of Holland, so possibly Germany, Belgium. They'll probably stay near a border and drive off and, and play. So they could play two quite decent teams out there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. What do you think about that? Do you think you need to play a decent calibre in pre-season? Well, it's interesting because I was thinking back to last season and pre-season and um, Argo had a lot of easy games then as well, didn't they? They played a lot of sort of local teams, Western Supermare, um, Bucklands. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who else they played now. They sort of built, up, they sort of built up, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. The problem, I think West Brom was the only... The only sort of tough game that they had, Torquay, they played as well. And that was that last season, West Brom? Or that was two years ago. Uh, didn't they have a Premier League game towards the end of pre-season? I can't it all blurs into yeah, one, it isn't does. it? So we played, um, we played was it Reading under-21s, I remember. Oh, yeah. White, I think season. that was the season before. That was Derek yeah. Adams' first season, wasn't it? Because if you remember, he came in and came in quite late in, oh, we in the summer. We played Swansea one year, did we? With Wilford? I don't know. It all blurs into one, but... but yeah, I think it was West Brom last year. But, yeah, I think... It's, 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 it's disappointing for the fans as well so I think they like to get down to home park and the thing is, just see are, the changes that have happened there are a lot of local games I mean Parkway's not far yeah. away I mean Torquay's not far away Yeovil's not that far away in comparison so I mean if you're really fast you'll travel I mean the yeah. tickets will be cheap um, so that's, 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 I don't think that's an overly big deal but um, the trouble you have is when you get past Yeovil there's no one that local of any Mm. decent sort of standing you're not going to play Exeter because the police you're just not going to do that are the you police bill's too high it's just yeah. too high for a friendly game so you, you you have Yeovil then maybe Bristol Rovers but teams don't often play teams in the same it's league as them no. I don't really know why actually but they don't so um, look Derek Adams knows what he's doing in pre-season I mean, he'll have everything planned out gone are the days I think my players can come back overweight they'll be put through their paces undoubtedly when they arrive back in pre-season the new players will and again probably come out in the press and say they've never had a pre-season like it like most of them have yeah. under Derek Adams and they'll be fit and raring to go so I don't think that'll be a, 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 too much of a disappointment I think the biggest thing is they won't want to repeat what happened in Holland last year yeah. where the two games were called off from local mayors with butterfly farms and god knows <laughs> what else um, so I'm not surprised they're not playing in Holland again I've got an idea for a feature now. I might put you through uh, a Derek Adams pre-season campaign I'll last about two minutes I'm, I'm, I'm walking up these stairs to this office time now, <laughs> now let alone uh, a week of that um, what you would get though if you were to do it Jack is the new kit mm. which came out that was at the end of last week, of course. That was funny, um, yeah. Yeah, green and black stripes. You're a massive fan, aren't you? I must say, though, I'm, what I really like about it is the logo. Yeah. Know? And I think a lot of fans are of the same thinking that they didn't want to see the big red blob with Made in Cornwall. I am a big fan, but don't know, I'm sort of reserving my judgment too much to have seen it in person because sometimes kits look nice in pictures and then you see it in person, it's not so much. But from what I've seen, I, I do really like it. Um, I didn't think I would because when Argo tweeted out that teaser, the two black and, you know, the black and green, I think I said to you, well, I don't like the look of that. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Um, I don't really, I can't remember the last time we had black, black and green. I think it was before my time, definitely. Um, but I do quite like it. And the logo, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad. I don't like the, I've never liked the big, big red blob. So I'm glad they got rid of that from the Jinsa's logo. But I think it looks quite smart. I quite like the, the, white, the white collar. I've got a bonnet, I quite like the collar. I quite like the, the trim on the arms. Um, it's funny, I saw a, a picture on Twitter that a fan had posted and it was um, long lines of um, kit announcements before Derek Adams and kit announcements after Derek Adams and obviously after Derek Adams was the one of them all looking 
you know, professional, all, all smart. <laughs> and the before was, I think it was Larry O'Kirsten. Yeah, with the arms around Shirts were untucked, they looked scruffy. <laughs> and, and again, even though it's a sort of joking thing, it does show you how far the colour come on Derek Adams. And, yeah. it, and it adds to that whole bracket that he really does more take everything into account. Everything's more professional. The way, you've got to give Margaret credit, the way they've um, sort of teased people about the release of the, the, the home kit was fantastic. They've, re- they've involved the fans. I remember speaking to um, Rick Cowdery up at Argonne he sent me an email at the time saying that the fans have been involved in the discussion over the new kit and probably with the logo that was one of the things that got mentioned so I think there were so many fans that didn't like that Ginster's logo yeah. with the, the big red well, block they, they but they liked it on the away shirt didn't they? yeah so they did change it for, um, for, for one of the kits but it's good that they're doing that because a lot of clubs the clubs are there for the fans at the end of the day yeah. and I, 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 I like it when they do have contact with fans and do ask their opinion because at the end of, they're the ones that are paying for it. They're the ones that support the club. They're the ones that will always be there. You know, Derek Adams will go. I'll stop covering them. I'll stop being a fan. But the fan base will always be there. You know, there's mm. there's no one person or one thing bigger than the bigger than the fans. I've got to give Puma a lot of credit as well because I really like the fact that they go back to these retro kits, which are so popular with football fans these days. I, I mean, like we're talking about the Crystal Palace one with. I don't really know how Christmas it works. Week. I don't. I don't understand. Do Puma come up with the idea and then sell a few ideas to a club and they pick, or do do the club say what they want to Puma? I don't understand how. I don't that know. Works. I don't know how it works. It's, quite it's, it's happening out. quite a lot though, isn't it? Yeah. Like clubs are going back to these retro shirts. Of, It'd be interesting to find out what sort of process was yeah. behind all that. But um, I think they've done a good job, and I think, you know, I think last season, if I'm rightly, one of the kits went sold out pretty quick and they couldn't get any to November or something. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if something similar happened. Very few people had any negative thoughts on it, which. In this day and age, if you can get yeah. only one or two people saying bad things, you're, you've done very well. Absolutely. One person, obviously, we did a story on it, because it was an interesting talking point, said, oh, Argyle losing their identity. Every club changes their kit every year. Argyle always had the green, different shades of green. <laughs> I saw one person also come to the fact that Derek Adams moaned about the dark kit, and now the dark kit's even darker on Tuesday nights. <laughs> it'll uh, cause problems, but I like it. And yeah, that, that adds to pre-season as well, because it's the first time we see new players, the first time we see the new kit. And that's why I think, you know, if I'll go out and got any home games, those fans will still travel to go to the away ones. Yeah, indeed. Finally then, um, Argyle obviously missed out on the League One playoffs, but they got underway at the weekend. Have you, did you watch any of the uh, action? I watched both Shrewsbury-Charlton games and... Scunthorpe Rotherham. Watched bits of that. I sort of flipped. Was, was there a Premier League game on at the same time? I might have been no, that was all Sunday, wasn't it, the Premier League? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've watched a bit of the other one anyway, but I watched, yeah, I watched the whole of the uh, Shrewsbury. I'm very happy for Shrewsbury, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah. I'd quite like to see them do I saw some Argyle fans. Again, I, I, don't, I know I've harped on a bit about this today, because I know it's only the vocal minority, but quite a lot of Argyle fans were saying, why is Paul Hurst been given manager? Why hasn't Derek Adams got it? And you just think, Shrewsbury have got a smaller budget than Argyle. Well, they were the pre-season favourites they for were. relegation, weren't they? And people need to take a step back. Derek Adams has done a fantastic job. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Mm, but absolutely. Paul Hurst has had a smaller budget with Shrewsbury. They've got less of a crowd. They've finished higher. They've now got to Wembley. They won. They won. Well, they, yeah, they, check trade trophy final. Got to the well. check and trade trophy final. He's had an incredible season and thoroughly deserves it. I'm glad he got it over the likes of Paul Cook and Tony Mowbray because yeah. they've done well, but they've done what they were expected they to exceeded do. Exceeded all expectations. So they? um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that. But I'm I'm so glad they got to the final. That being said, I think Lee Bowie's done a great job with Charlton. You know, he's totally yeah. transformed. They look like a team that the team that were sort of dwindling away a bit like Scunthorpe were and he sort of revived them and I saw today that he said he wants to stay at the club's manager but if he's not offered that job and he's leaving he's not doing any other role at that Just club the manager's job. so it'll be interesting to see what that happens I hope Rotherham gets to the final and I saw my heart wants Shrewsbury to go up but 
my bank balance ones Rotherham's got because they're my accumulator <laughs> so um, but what, what a story it would be for Shrewsbury I see yeah. Paul House has been linked to a n- number of jobs and I'm not surprised because he's done a great job and actually he's, he's a, a nice guy from the I've not spoken to him many times once actually at the away game but some managers you know come across a bit arsy and a bit cold and a bit like they, they don't want to be there even though they get paid plenty of money to speak to the media um, he came across as a really nice guy him and Paul Warren actually are two of the world standouts from this season yeah so, um, you could go head to head at both ex Rotherham as well exactly so I think they are both nice guys and I hope um, yeah because I quite hope Rotherham get there for, for my bet yeah. um, again Scunford done well you know Nick Nick Dawes is it uh, yeah I should know he himself, I've interviewed him yeah. as well again he's done a great job isn't he because most people will come for part of the running you know when we were talking a few weeks ago or a month, month and a half ago two months ago yeah, I wasn't even factoring Scunford into the playoffs so they've done well as well um but it's been, it's been nice to have a weekend with no football, I've got to say. It's, it's, <laughs> well, with all the travelling, especially in the last few weeks, I think you and Chris did 2,000 miles, was it? Well, I, said to, I said to Chris, it's funny because when I was just a fan, you know, even when I worked here and didn't cover the Argyle games, I would dread the last game of the season because I didn't want... I know we got the World yeah. Cup this summer, but I didn't want it to end. But this year, I was so ready for it to finish. And I, I'm, it's ready just nice not have to travel. It's so different when you work it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for the World Cup now. No, that's right. Well, um... That's pretty much all we've got time for this week. Thanks, Jack, for joining me on the podcast. We'll be back again with more of the same next week. So join us then. We are always happy to hear from you. And if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald PAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.